Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the show. I'm going to talk about an actual game this week. Sort of. This game is well known in certain circles, and I'd like to bring a little more attention to it if I can, for anyone who might not be up to speed. We're going to talk about the most infamous arcade game of all time. Polybius, an elusive arcade game from way back in the day, is the subject of today's episode. This game is the epicenter of a lot of rumors and urban legends. This was a rare video game, so rare that it was released exclusively in arcades in Portland, Oregon, back in the 80s. Players who'd spend time on this game reported to feel strange after playing. They were dizzy, they were nauseous, they had nightmares. Some of them might have had seizures, some of them might have actually gone as far as to have suicidal thoughts. All that kind of horrible stuff. After about a month, the game vanished. No sign of it anywhere. Despite the game having a lot of content warning, kids were still suffering at its non-existent hands. But what sounds like a simple story about a game causing unintended effects and getting pulled from rotation actually runs a little deeper than that. Some kids reported that they could no longer feel sad anymore. There are also reports of men in black suits who would monitor these kids as they'd play the game, and they would gather data on the machines after hours. And outside of fan recreations based on hearsay, there has never been a re-release of Polybius in any capacity. This game disappeared as suddenly as it had arrived, leaving intrigue and altered minds in its wake. The popular belief is that Polybius was a secret government project. For what purpose, it's unclear, especially since there are little to no solid accounts of its gameplay. People have come to the agreement that it resembles Atari's Tempest, some kind of shooter game that takes place in a tube-shaped environment of some kind, I think. Because of that, most people decided that Polybius was an experiment for militaristic purposes, which really sounds like something out of a cyberpunk story. Arcade games could really addict players, eating up their entire afternoon. Heck, I've actually seen this in action. A couple months back, I went to an arcade with some friends, and one of them just started playing some kind of weird Tetris knockoff based off the visual novel game Toki Memorial, whatever it's called. He just kept playing and playing. We really had to get his attention whenever we needed to talk to him about anything. He eventually stopped, but it was kind of eerie just how absorbed he was in the whole thing. This kind of empty-minded focus seems to be perfect real estate for some subliminal manipulation, which is, of course, what people report Polybius to do. There would be subliminal messages in the game, which may have actually inspired some of the darker thoughts that players had afterward. There was a precedent for the theory of 
the video game being used for militaristic purposes, as a special version of the game Battlezone was made to train officers in the military, and I think there was also a version of Doom that was made for them. In short, Polybius was thought to be a secret government experiment to get kids ready to join the military. Of course, that's really just a conspiracy theory. Polybius does not exist. Again, other than fan recreations that were made in response to all the urban legends, this game does not exist as described. One of the first, if not the first, mention of the game was on coinop.org, a website that serves as a database for arcade games. This was in February of 2000, long after its supposed stint in the arcade. Polybius, for reference, was listed and described to have the release year of 1981, and since it was in Portland for only about a month, yeah, we've kind of missed that window. The author of the Polybius entry claimed to have the game's ROM, but I'm inclined to think that this entry might have been adjusted over time from the original writing by someone else. More on that later. Otherwise, most of the entry is left unfilled or has the familiar strange rumors described in it. The ROM included a title screen and the developers of Polybius, a company called Zinesloshin. Doing some digging around and hearing other people talking about this game and knowing a little bit about how the German language works, since this is allegedly a German name, I feel like no company in Germany would dare to use this as their name because, first of all, it's not a real word, or at least not a commonly used compound, and because the German language is very literal. It's said that the name is two German words put together, roughly meaning sense and to extinguish. So, Zinnesloschen would translate to to extinguish sense, like sensory deprivation. That seems rather sinister for a company's name, not to mention a blatant admission to what they're doing, at least as long as you know German, or obscure German compound words. I know it's the 80s, and we weren't as culturally interconnected as we are now, but I feel like that wouldn't fly even back then. And just to be sure, there is no record of the companies in Eslosion. There's no trace of their existence beyond allegedly creating Polybius. Another thing is that as much as video games were catching on in the 80s, the Moral Guardians were still all over them. They were vultures just waiting for a chance to defame video games as the work of the devil and, oh, they're going to ruin the youth. So, with all the stuff that Polybius did to players, you would think that there would be some record of a media uproar in Portland back in the 80s. But nope, no news coverage, no mentions in any contemporary magazines, there was not a drop of Polybius anywhere. There's also the fact that these highly trained government agents would have to be the least subtle agents known to man. With a project as dire as recruiting children into the military, you'd think they might want to be a little more discreet about something like that. 
there's no agreed upon idea of what the data they were collecting was even for, and there's nothing to show for this data anyway. I don't think there were any reports of children who mysteriously decided that they wanted to join the military. Also, one would have to wonder why the U.S. military would exploit a German-made game and then plant it solely in Portland, Oregon. One could argue that, oh, of course it's not German, that was just the government's cover story, but then that begs the question of why they wouldn't go for something a little more thought out than the German equivalent to sensory deprivation. Again, it's the 80s, but I think they could do a little more research on how to make a more convincing name for a fake German company. Of course, all of this is even assuming that the suspicious men were affiliated with the government, but if not, then it just raises even more questions. The only tangible lead here is that in the mid-2000s, a guy named Stephen Roach claimed to be involved with the game. He gave a few sparse details about gameplay, and the game caused a kid to have a seizure, except he didn't provide any proof of these claims, so he's as good as your dime-a-dozen Smash Brothers leaker. And, of course, the coin-up guy's ROM that he claimed to have is never actually been found. There's no footage of gameplay, nothing but the title screen. A suspiciously easy thing to create. Nowadays, people who tell horror stories about Polybius like to imagine that the game is more of a supernatural flavor of spooky that the game is somehow sentient, and it likes to prey on unsuspecting players and drive them insane. The Angry Video Game Nerds episode on the game is an entertaining demonstration. These interpretations hold on to the idea that Polybius is very addictive, and then... I don't know, I, I guess it would addict the players so fiercely that they begin to neglect everything else, because that's the angle that the AVGN worked with, not anything about subliminal messages and having dark, depressing thoughts or anything like that. The idea of what's essentially a toy trying to get people to play with it way too much kind of reminds me of Toy Story in a way, because that's all the toys ever wanted was to be played with, only this would be a much darker take on the concept. I wouldn't know if Polybius would have an exact goal other than that, or if it just really wanted to be played with. These versions of the story are a little more freeform and less agreed upon than the secret government experiment stories, as far as I know. And as interesting as the ideas are, I feel like taking an urban legend about a manipulative, dangerous video game and turning it into an otherworldly horror story just makes it kind of lame? It's much less grounded in reality now. While government experiment stories have holes in them that I went over, that's mostly if you pay attention. With a few tweaks, you could probably convince a gullible friend of the whole thing. That level of realism and this could have actually happened makes the story of Polybius a lot scarier than Ooga Booga Haunted Cabinet! Not that I can't be scared by supernatural stories, but the first version of Polybius hits a lot closer to home, so I'd give it the edge. 
It's worth noting that a lot of details of the original myths do line up with things that have happened at the time, that is to say the 80s, not, not the early 2000s, but they weren't all converged on the same game. There were reports of kids who felt sick after playing video games, at least two of them in Portland. One case was due to a child playing a video game for over 24 hours with only Coca-Cola to sustain him. Yeah, you're not going to feel good after that. As for seizures, the child was epileptic, and back then, video games weren't known to warn for that kind of thing as much. There are also people monitoring arcade cabinets, but these were mostly for maintenance reasons. There have also been stories of FBI agents appearing in arcades to catch criminals, and sometimes they would write down winners' initials so they could find potential witnesses. Side note, I have to wonder how many FBI agents had to deal with the players who would give themselves naughty initials for winning, because... That that seems to be everyone's first instinct with arcade initials, because everyone thinks they're cute. It's about as funny as a 69 joke, honestly. Not to mention, there's also agents who would be catching truant children. And, like I said, most of these stories happened in Portland. Another thing, while Polybius wasn't a game, there was actually a video game made in Germany, called Polyplay, which was made in 1985. This was an anthology game and distributed throughout Europe. The guy on CoinOp who first posted about Polybius had trouble remembering what kind of game it was, which would be justified if it was a game with lots of different playstyles going on for it. The game was recalled after the Berlin Wall fell, possibly due to licensing reasons in the political climate, but it's also said that the machines were of poor quality and needed regular repairs, perhaps too regular to justify keeping them around. After being recalled, most copies of Polyplay were destroyed. So that covers the disappearing poly video game angle. There was a film, The Last Starfighter, and it was based on the idea of government agents finding a top-scoring player and, recruit and recruiting him for their own purposes, and this was back in the 80s. But I believe that to be an inevitable hypothetical scenario. Someone was going to imagine such a thing happening no matter what, and they'd use it as the basis for a movie. I tend to believe that of most works of fiction. If we didn't get a movie that explores an idea like that in the 80s, it would only be a matter of time. Someone else would have that idea eventually. So, I don't believe this movie is connected to Polybius in particular, but rather general paranoia and curiosity of the time. And, again, there's no record of Polybius existing in the 80s. My personal take is that the guy on CoinOp who wrote the Polybius article was confused at the time. The entry was written with an approach of confusion. It, it had kind of a, hey, has anyone heard of this game? feel to it. They were the one who left a lot of details unwritten, and their post could be traced all the way back to 2000. I don't know if that person created the title screenshot, though. If they did, this would present a problem with the idea that they simply misremembered, 
on top of the fact that they refuse to show any actual gameplay, there is the fact that the title screen still contains the copyright to Sinusloshin, the very fake, very ominous company. This is only speculation on my part, but the way I see it, it takes a lot of conscious effort to make that screenshot and have that ominous country name, and have that ominous company name, and to claim you have a ROM and then never show any gameplay for it. This isn't, oops, I was thinking of Polyplay the whole time. No, whoever made this screenshot was trying to plant the idea of Polybius into people's heads as a very elusive video game. But it's probably not as simple as that. While this guy planted the Polybius seed and brought that name into play, he wasn't the one who turned a spot of minor confusion into this conspiracy ghost story. The guy who first posted about it on CoinOp has been investigated to have an interest in arcade games, but refuted involvement in any of the legends. Maybe he was really thinking of Polyplay this entire time, and somebody else was the mastermind. That's what I was saying earlier about someone else kind of tweaking the article. Right now I'm looking at Kurt Collar, the owner of CoinOp.org, a guy who's documented to know at least rudimentary German, is intimately familiar with arcades, and as such would know about events like kids fainting and visible government workers, and also has complete administrative control over the site. He would, in the early 2000s, give a tip to Games Pro magazine about Polybius, back when this magazine was big. They had an article about potential hoaxes in games, declaring whether some were true or some were false. Polybius was included in their article, and they couldn't decide for sure whether the game and all the legends were true. This magazine was thought to be a major contributing factor to the Polybius legend getting more fame, as well as a hefty traffic boost for CoinOp, Collar's own website. A YouTube user by the screen name of Ahoy, real name Stuart Brown, did a very thorough video on this entire subject and was a major source of information for this episode combined with some of the research I did on my own. I would highly recommend watching his video if you have an hour to spend. It really goes over everything I'm saying, but in even more detail. I'm just kind of giving the highlight reel over here. He, he went as far as to reach out to a couple people involved in the legend, Stephen Roach and Kurt Collar. While I don't think they were in league at any point, it's notable that they both resisted Brown's probing questions about their respective involvement in Polybius development and the creation-slash-curation of the Polybius page on Coinop. This isn't to paint Collar as a villain or anything. He's not hurting anyone when he get down to it. Just having some fun with a urban legend though I think I would respect him more if he just came out with it. If a guy like Stuart Brown could do all this research and finally come knocking on your door, I think the jig is up. Again, really recommend watching Stuart's video, though I'll warn for bright flashing lights and at least one jump scare that appears a little over an hour in. It's very thorough, though. Honestly, it tells the whole story better than I could ever hope to. 
I just want to spread the word. If you have an hour to kill, listen in the background, then I'd highly recommend it. The name Polybius is derived from a Greek historian, and one of the big things he preached was, essentially, to verify your sources. Most people who know this fact about the mythical game would immediately catch the irony that his name is now attached to a completely unverifiable urban legend. It's been commented that naming this game after him was a useful method for propagators of the rumor to obscure search results, make it too hard to find anything on Polybius because all the results would take you to things about the historian. Of course, the modern internet is better about letting people find what they want. Usually. I still remember one time I tried to look for pictures of a ninja, so I just googled ninja on image search, and all of my results were clogged up by some blue-haired major league gaming guy. It, uh, I hated that. I wouldn't be surprised if he paid Google off, honestly. But that's not the point here. What I'm getting at is that nowadays, Polybius is much better documented, especially with Stuart Brown making the rounds. So naming the game after an actual historical figure doesn't work out as much anymore. I'm not even sure why the game would be named after him. The accounts of what the game was like didn't mention anything about Greek philosophy, unless the subliminal messages that the game was supposed to have were including some of his words of wisdom, which I doubt. The conclusion, uh, the confusion of naming a game after an unrelated man just lends credence, in my eyes, to the name being a product of a guy who misremembered polyplay, and then Collard taking advantage of it from there. Though one amusing detail is that Polybius was born in Arcadia, which sounds a lot like Arcade. It's just a coincidence, but I really like it. And there we have it. The perfect storm of early arcade culture, early internet culture, a lack of archival, and a guy with a serious need to boost his website all came together to form Polybius, the most terrifying video game that never existed. But then again, people have come out and made approximations of the game. Anyone can be a game developer these days. Look at all the indie games that have come out. And they made Polybius, so Polybius is real after all, just not in the way people first thought. Like I said with the last Starfighter, I think every story idea gets made eventually. If it wasn't Polybius, we'd have a different fake video game that would eventually become real. But with all these details in place, I think Collar would have a harder time sticking the landing if it were any other game. To tell the truth in researching this episode, I was far more fascinated to learn all the details about the creation of this urban legend than any part of the legend itself. It's a novelty among urban legends, at least in a pre-creepypasta world. Polybius is the original video game horror story. Get out of town, Sonic EXE, and take Blood Whistle with you. Be sure to follow the BitCast on Twitter. On there, I'll provide links to Stuart Brown's video and maybe a couple other things. And you can learn more about Polybius that way. I think I summarized the main threads, but he really gets into the finer details.
Otherwise, be sure to stick around on Podcast One's website and mobile app for more spooky BitCast content for October. I'll see you on the next one. Listen to BitCast anytime on PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app.